Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here, and I believe today that you're going to really love today's message. I found it fascinating studying it, and I believe that as we jump into it in just a few minutes, you're really going to receive something from the Lord that you can put to work immediately, and I believe we're going to hear some amazing testimonies come in from those of you that are watching and making good application of God's Word. But before we jump into today's message, let's first honor the Lord by bringing the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. Now, Genesis chapter 28, verse 16, it says, Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. Now, today we're going to be talking about Jacob. And so it's good to look at him also as we understand God's covenant principle of tithing. Verse 17, and he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel, but the name of that place of that city had been Luz previously. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me, and you'll see that of course God definitely was with him, and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on, and of course God does all of that for him. He says, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, and eventually he does. Then the Lord shall be my God, and this stone, which I have set as a pillar, shall be God's house, and of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth. That's a tithe, not a, not a tithe. Pastor Stephen, yes, you're saying to bring in the tithe. I'm going to send you a tithe. <laughs> not a T-I-E, a T-I-E. T-H-E, although sometimes the tithes are, uh, I, sometimes people do send in tithes also along with their tithes. That's nice. Praise the Lord. And, and I usually wear them too, praise God. You know, unless I get something that's like really bizarre. Uh, but usually the tithes are very nice, praise the Lord. But look at this one more time. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Now the word give in the Hebrew right there is a verb that describes frequent multiple actions. What he's doing is he's making literally a lifetime commitment to be a tither. Praise God. And it's the tithe. It's the tithe that ties you in to the fullness of God's destiny plan for your life. Because you'll notice that with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that although God would speak to them and make promises to them, it was after engaging God on a platform of tithing that then destiny begins to unlock to them. Because, you know, Jacob, he's had some amazing experiences with the Lord, but he still needs some things worked out in his life. And once he commits to tithing, then you see he's already on the way to a character change, which ends in a major name change. He even got renamed by God. Praise the Lord. So the fullness of the destiny plan that God had for him was unlocked. So it is tithing that secures 
your destiny. Praise the Lord. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth. That's the tithe. I will give a tenth to you. Praise the Lord. My friends, it's time to bring the tithes and offerings into the storehouse of God. Now, if you would like to mail them in, please send your tithes and offerings to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. Our zip code is 28654. If you prefer to bring them in online, because it's, it's very safe, it's very secure, and of course, it's fast and convenient, you can do so at the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings, and you can click on that. It will bring them right into the storehouse of God. Also, if you click on the header called Projects, we have two projects that we're focused on. We have the fence project to put a fence entirely around the property. We are one-third of the way through. And then we have the hangar project for the future aircraft for the ministry. So if you would like to sow seed, along with giving your tithe, if you would like to sow seed, those two projects are available as well. Thank you for sowing in to that because the Lord is blessing mightily those projects and those who are sowing into that. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people that just as Jacob made covenant with you through tithing and had the Bethel encounter, I pray, Father God, that your people have the encounter with light, with illumination, that they know that this is part of their destiny package which is that in order for all of those wonderful things to be accomplished, Lord, we must look at our forefathers, our spiritual forefathers, and see that they were tithers, and we must emulate them by faith. So, Father, I'm praying for your people that as they tithe, as they sow seed, Father God, that you give them ideas from heaven to create and generate wealth for your kingdom purposes. Now we thank you for this in the name of Jesus. I thank you. I speak over their lives that their full destiny assignments will be accomplished in the name of Jesus and no enemy from hell, no devil can thwart it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Now let's move just a few chapters over. Let's go over to uh, Genesis chapter 30, just one chapter. We're going to stay in this area today, Genesis chapter 30, and we're going to look at some fascinating things that uh, I really believe can just uh, almost like stop you in your tracks. They're so amazing, such incredible revelation that we're going to be jumping into. I, I want your spiritual antennas to really be up today, okay, to catch these things that are in the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we jump into today's message, that your Holy Spirit would grant unto your people the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for the knowledge of Jesus, His ways, His principles, the way His kingdom operates, His supernatural power and ability. Father, let the light shine into the minds, into the understanding of your people today. We thank you for this beautiful ministry of your Holy Spirit in action right now. In Jesus' name, let us all agree and say, Amen. Genesis chapter 30, verse 25, And it came to pass, when Rachel had born Joseph, that Jacob said to Laban, that would be, of course, his father-in-law, because he married Laban's two daughters. Now, he said to Laban, Send me away, that I may go to my own place, 
and to my country. Give me my wives and my children. And of course, they had the children. Those uh, children would grow up later to become what we know as the patriarchs. Okay. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you. And let me go for, you know, my service, which I have done for you. Now, he has completed his time of service. Uh, Let's not sugarcoat it. It was a time of indebtedness. And while he did pay off the debt, seven years for the wife of working to get Laban's daughter, and then, you know, the old switch in the middle of the night, and he wakes up the next morning, and it's not Rachel, it's Leah, you know the story. Well, he works another seven years, uh, you know, to to pay off the debt of getting uh, Rachel, and now, so he has worked his way out of the hole. He's climbed up out of the pit of debt by having worked now for 14 years, And uh, not too much to show for it. And, you know, that's not a good feeling. And so he realizes he needs to get out from this situation with Laban. Now, we're going to look at some things today. There is an overriding story uh, in the midst of many beautiful things that are popping out in these two chapters of chapter 30 and 31. But you have to understand that Jacob was a deceiver. That name could even be translated as swindler. I I wouldn't call him a con man. No, I would call Laban definitely a con man. Laban was just like, uh, uh, he'd cheat you just as bad as he could, as long as he thought he could get away with it. And even if he thought he couldn't get away with it, he he would still try. And so uh, Jacob, with his means and methods of deceiving and trickery, for his own personal interest, regardless of the harm or hurt that it would cause somebody else, really ran into somebody that when he met him, it, uh, it was a little bit like looking in the mirror. That can be very hard to face when you realize God's working on things in your life and somebody aggravates you and you realize it aggravates you because you're the same way. <laughs> Woo! Glory! Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Word, which is a mirror that as we look into it, really shows us, not through condemnation, but shows us through illumination, hey, this is something that is not Christ-like. It needs to be dealt with. And so we praise God for the Word, that reflective mirror, and most importantly, for the Holy Spirit to help us get healed and so that we're whole, uh, we're whole on the inside not all messed up, praise God. So that's the overall story of God working with Jacob. And God's going to work through Laban. Laban's going to get indirectly blessed, but Laban is an outsider. He's a Syrian. He's a Gentile. He's a pagan. He's an idol worshiper. And he has no interest in the God of Abraham, Isaac, or Jacob. No interest at all. So God works on covenant basis. Always remember that. And God is going to really help Jacob in the midst of this very unfavorable situation which he has gotten himself into. Now, verse 27, And Laban said to him, Please stay, if I have found favor in your eyes, for I have learned by experience that the Lord has blessed me for your sake. Then he said, Name me your wages, and I will give it. So the last thing that old Laban wants is for Jacob to be leaving because he knows, hey, God's blessing that guy, but I've got him under my hand, and I can really, in a sense, uh, you know, get all the blessing out of him because he's in agreement, 
you know, where it's all got to come over to me. So he's like, I don't want this guy to leave because this is the goose that lays the golden egg. And uh, he doesn't want anything to do with Jacob's God, but he'll have dealings with Jacob because he can, in a sense, at that point, control the flow of the blessing is coming into his pocket. Now, then he said, name me your wages and I will give it. And he probably thinks he's going to have to really wheel and deal. He has no idea that Jacob is going to lay something out that Laban is going to think, this is absurd. I've got him for, for sure. I want to do a total checkmate on this guy. But, but something's going on. Praise the Lord. Name me your wages, and I will give it. So Jacob said to him, you know how I have served you, and how your livestock has been with me. For what you had before I came was little, and it has increased to a great amount. The Lord has blessed you since my coming. And now, when shall I also provide for my own house? Okay, so Jacob is thinking like any good husband would and any good father would, like, hey, I've made you wealthy, but I don't really have anything to show for it myself. And now I'm in a situation where, you know, uh, Leah and Rachel, my two wives, you know, we got all these kids now, and I've, he's like, I've got to take care of my own household. I, you know, you've used me long enough. You made enough money off me. I'm going to have to leave and go find somewhere or something to do where I can make an income and bring in money that's worthy of taking care of my family the way that I, the way I want to. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, understand that you should have a heart to see your family blessed. Pastor Stephen, I want to win the world for Jesus. That's good. Are you going to take, take good care of your kids, or are they going to walk around and wore out shoes and, you know, tore up britches and stuff like that? You need to take care of your, your, of your family. Men, you, uh, take care of your, of your spouse. Take care of your wife. Take care of your kids. Praise God. Hallelujah. And ladies, even the Bible speaks of Proverbs 31, where there's things that you can do to generate wealth. And what does she do? The Proverbs 31 woman with that wealth, she honors the Lord, and she clothes beautifully, handsomely, her children and her husband. Praise God. Oh, yes. Amen. You want to see your family blessed, because the family is a great image of the family of God before the world. And if sinners see your family all goofed up, all messed up, they're like, oh, I don't really want anything to do with this so-called family of God. Uh, it doesn't look like the family of God's doing too good to me. So we want to have good family image. Praise the Lord. Not tore up from the floor up, as some people have endeavored to do. Now, he said, and now, when shall I also provide for my own house? So he said, uh, this is Laban talking, what shall I give you? I mean, he really, he really wants to cut a deal. What shall I give you? And Jacob said, you shall not give me anything. If you will do this thing for me, I will again feed and keep your flocks. Well, Laban's probably starting to salivate. He's probably thinking, uh, hey, you know, this guy's not as, yeah, I know he's sharp, but maybe not as sharp as he thinks he is. I think I've already got him. Let's watch what's coming. And by the way, we're going to jump into some things that uh, this chapter was very difficult for the translators to work through with uh, striped and spotted and speckled and all of this stuff that's going on. I want to try to simplify that for you today so that you can get a good grasp of what's taking place. Now, here's what he's going to ask Laban for. Let me pass through all your flock today. That would be his goats, his sheep, his, uh, his livestock, basically. Let me pass through all your flock today. 
removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats and these shall be my wages what is Jacob asking Laban for he's asking for the oddballs he's asking for the things that would be the exception to the rule because with sheep most sheep are white but he's asking for the ones that would be speckled and spotted and for the lambs he's asking for ones that can be brown now in the Hebrew also that that color can also be translated even uh, in the direction of black and that's really where we get the phrase also from uh, you know the black sheep why because the black is like the oddball it's the odd one out but nevertheless Jacob is saying hey I'll take the brown ones I'll take the black ones and with the goats you know most goats because I've, I've owned goats before most goats are white in what you know with their fur and their coat but he says I'll take the spotted and the speckled okay so he's telling Laban look you keep all the normal looking livestock everything that's normal the way that it should be with their pelt color you keep those and I'll take the oddballs verse 33 so my righteousness will answer for me in time to come when the subject of my wages comes before you everyone that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and brown among the lambs we will be considered stolen if it is with me well that's you know Laban's loving this because he's like okay so all the goats you know that are the normal color that are white uh, if I ever see one over there in Jacob's pen well I'll know he stole it because those belong to me so it's uh, everything really is massively stacked right now in Laban's favor and watch what Laban's going to do He's not even going to give Jacob what Jacob is asking for. He's going to lower it even more and make it even more difficult for him to prosper. By the time this deal is done, and they both agree uh, on it, Jacob, Jacob's walking away with inside information. But Laban is walking away in his head thinking, this guy will serve me for the rest of my life. This guy is going to make me so wealthy, and all the money is going to flow into my pocket. And so this, this is really amazing. Now, verse 34, and Laban said, oh, that it were according to your word. In other words, man, let's sign this just fast as we can. Get the papers. I'll, I'll have the papers drawn up right now. Let's shake on it. Let's get the elders to witness this. And yeah, I'm all, I'm all in. And watch, watch what Laban does to kind of launch the plan verse 35 this is so low <laughs> this is this is like con man I mean uh, this is slick greasy nasty con man look at Laban verse very very next verse so he that's Laban not Jacob he Laban removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted all the female goats that were speckled and spotted everyone that had some white on it and all the brown ones okay in other words all the oddballs okay brown ones black whatever all the speckled spotted and things like that Laban removes them all and gave them into the hands of his sons then he put three days journey between himself and Jacob and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks what does that mean basically break it down for me Pastor Stephen okay so you're already within this large flock 
that Laban has, which you have the majority of the normal looking animals. But because Laban's flocks are so big, that out of that, you're going to have some oddballs just because, you know, even if it's one out of ten, hey, he's got a lot of them. So you're going to have already some oddballs in there. So the deal is that Jacob gets the oddballs, okay? But Laban says, well, the ones that are already the oddballs, I'm going to take those. I'm not even going to give you a running start. I'm going to take those and remove them. You know, like a couple of days journey from here, so you can't even touch those. So really, what's happening with Jacob? He's starting from ground zero. He has to look at all of these normal-looking animals. Now, remember, a normal-looking animal mating with another normal-looking animal, they're going to produce genetically another animal that's going to look just like them. There, it's going to be. It would be super rare for those animals to produce the speckled and the spotted. But nevertheless. That's what Jacob is going to believe that's going to happen. And so Laban has him in a place where Jacob has to start working with the livestock from ground zero in the sense there's not one speckled animal out there. There's none spotted. There's no brown. There's no black. They're all normal. So Laban already made it extra worse. He took the oddballs away and said, well, since I've already got some oddballs, I'll keep those. Now, now let's start. And so Jacob has to start with absolutely nothing. Wow. You know, you may have nothing, but as long as you have God, you have the potential to tap into unlimited resources. Now, watch what happens. Now, I need to probably prep you a little bit before this, because what we're about to get into is really, uh, I, I remember, you know, years back, I would read it, and in some ways, I'd be kind of like, you know, Lord, I, I don't quite get it, but I kept studying it, kept diving into it, and then I believe the Holy Spirit began to show me some things. Let me give you an example. Um, years back, let's go all the way back to the 1950s, there was an organization that was formed under the leading of the Holy Spirit through a man that God raised up named Demas Shakarian. And Demas Shakarian uh, started this Christian businessmen's organization called Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. And he was an immigrant from Armenia, and he came to America uh, fleeing the, basically the annihilation of the Christians that was taking place in that part of the world. And so the Holy Spirit told him and his family to escape, and they did. They made it safely, immigrated to America. And he was a cattle baron. And so he starts a small dairy farm in California. Uh, he has a son named Richard. Richard would become later the president after a, of FGBMFI, the organization after his father passed on. But Richard also was a cattle baron genius, and they had very large cattle industry. Matter, matter of fact, Richard said that he could walk out onto uh, the area where all the cattle were at. And he said there could be a, 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 listen to this, he said there could be a thousand cows out there, just, you know, they're all walking around. There could be a thousand of them. But he said, I could look at any one of those cows, and I can tell you exactly who the father of that cow was. He said, I, I, you know, because you've got so many bulls and stuff like that. He said, I just, because I grew up in it, and it was all my life, he said, I could look at that cow 
And I could tell you, I could find the bull from where that cow came from, just by the way it looks. And he was very, very good. The family was very, very successful in this. But what we're about to see, this type of very unusual selective breeding of livestock that Jacob is going to get into, I want you to understand that this is not scientific. It was never meant to be. In other words, if it's scientific, you should be able to replicate it. We, if, if it is truly scientific, we should be able to put it in the laboratory, uh, do the same formula, and get the same results over and over and over again. Then we would have a scientific principle or, you know, something that's not a theory, but something that's established. But I need you to understand what we're about to get into is not scientific method of selective breeding of livestock. It may look like it is, but you have to understand that the whole thing is being overridden by God, and what's going on is supernatural. And I will show you in a few minutes that Jacob knew it was, and he is using his faith on this assignment, and watch what it does in his life. Let's continue on. Now, verse 34 Laban said, oh, that it were according to your word. And so, you know, the deal is cut, and uh, Laban removes all of the speckled ones, so Jacob is left having to watch the flocks of Laban that are all normal uh, animals that look like, you know, like they should. Okay, now watch what he does. Verse 37, now Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar. Three types of trees, okay? Rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees. Uh, too bad the chestnut tree is now extinct. We've got, we have two chestnut trees on our property. Uh, I can't stand them. I, the, this is my home property, but they're, they're Chinese chestnuts. And uh, because the American uh, chestnut, uh, I think it went extinct, I don't know when, but decades ago so we don't have any more so the Chinese chestnuts are um they put out these awful pods that are so stickly that if you walk across them and you don't have some thick soles you could really do some damage to your feet and they're, and they're not good for pets and things like that so anyhow we see these three types of trees that are mentioned now again he took himself rods green poplar we also have the almond and chestnut trees he peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods well, this is kind of funny in the Hebrew and you see a lot of this stuff in the Hebrew when you dig into it this is actually a play on words because the word white in Hebrew is actually the word Laban and so oftentimes the very things that the enemy tries to use to enslave God's covenant people God will turn right around and he'll use something that's connected to that form of enslavement. He'll actually use something that symbolically lines up with that and he'll use it to be actually be a means of deliverance for God's people. And it, it's like, a, it's like, it's like God mocking the devil. It's like God said, oh, you think you're going to enslave my people through the vehicle of that person or through the vehicle of that instrument? Well, I'll turn right around, and I'll use something in, in relation to that, and I'll set them free through that. Wow. Woo! He always does it over and over. It's amazing. Now, verse 38, and the rods which he had peeled, 
he set before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs, where the flocks came to drink, so that they should conceive when they came to drink. Okay, well, you get these animals together, you've got male, female goats, and you know, uh, if you, it, you know, the, the ladies are in heat, then the, the males, the billy goats, are going to want to mate. Same thing with the sheep, whatever it is. And so, what he's going to do when they have their gathering times around the water, and you know, you have all of these uh, uh, hormones and animals smell all of that, and so they're, they're, they're at the watering hole, which is also an area where they're going to be mating at. He's putting these wooden rods in the ground with the white streaks in them. Woo! Praise the Lord. The genius mind of God. Mm, now remember, this is not something that, you know, you can go out and get some cattle today or some sheep today and, and replicate this. I want to get into that in a minute. I'll explain why. But I will also explain why it's working for him here in just a few moments. Let's continue on. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. And a lot of it has to do with what these animals are looking at while they drink the water, and then they go mate with this image in their mind of these streaked and these speckled rods. Praise the Lord. So the flocks conceived before the rods, and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. Now watch Jacob push it. Watch him push it under the anointing of the Holy Spirit. After all, something's working. Keep on working it, and work it to the max. Woo! Praise the Lord. Verse 40, Then Jacob separated the lambs, and made the flocks face toward the street, and all the brown in the flock of Laban. But he put his own flocks by themselves, and did not put them with Laban's flock, and it came to pass, whenever the stronger livestock conceived, that Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters, that they might conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in, so the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. Okay, what's going on? All right. So, you have, you have sheep. You have a male and a female. They show up. And they're, they're hanging out, getting some water. And that, now remember, they're Laban's. These are Laban's animals. The only ones that are going to end up being Jacob's are what? The oddballs, okay? The ones that are speckled, spotted, and uh, they have that mottled color, uh, color. The ones that would be brown or black. In other words, all the oddballs, if there are any, Laban's thinking hardly any, but if there are any that are born, they're going to go to Jacob. Now, all the ones that are, that are there originally are the normal-looking ones. But what begins to happen is when the normal ones come to drink and then to mate, Jacob's got these sticks in the ground that, that have the stripes in them and spotted and all this stuff that he's setting up for them to look at. And then when they mate, later they give birth. They're giving birth primarily now to, uh, you know, these, these little babies that are striped and spotted and mottled, colored, and they have some are popping out uh, brown, some are popping out black, and uh, and here's what he also realizes: if Laban's flocks come and they're about to mate, 
but they're very, very, uh, if some of the ones that are coming are weak, in other words, they don't, they don't have good genetics, maybe, uh, you know, the ones that are showing up to drink today, they're not the, the best group, they don't have strong shoulders, they, they don't have that good quality, he pulls up all the rods out of the ground and uh, doesn't want them to see the rods. <laughs> but, and, and then he moves them on down the line. Now, when one's come that he sees, oh, Woo, look at the look at that male coming look at the shoulders on that one look at that wow that is a majestic animal he gets all those rods back out and sticks them in the ground so what happens is the ones that are flawed genetically that are not that good to start with they mate and they produce the normal looking livestock Laban gets those but the ones that are super strong that have the real good genetic gene pool they're produced that they mate and because they're also looking at those poplar sticks and the almond sticks and the chestnuts with all the stripes in it they're mating but they're producing what we would call the oddball skin colored livestock Woo! glory to god Mm-mm. so what happens jacob is building a herd that not only is large in numbers they are genetically superior to the smaller group that Laban has so not only is Laban's group smaller but Laban's group is inferior compared to the ones that Jacob has and if you are a person who's out shopping do you really want to buy the car that has 80 horsepower or do you want to buy the car that has 380 horsepower and the one for $380 is just a little bit higher in price and doesn't have any, you know, the gas efficiency is, is the same. You're going to go for the superior product every single time. Any consumer is going to do that. Oh, things are really, really beginning to turn for this man. Now, again, verse 42, but when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. 43, verse 43. Thus the man, Jacob, became exceedingly prosperous. Stop just for a moment. Whether you're a man watching today or whether you're a lady watching today, whether you're an adult, or whether you're a teenager, because there are multi-million teenagers out there today. Listen to this. I want you to do this. Verse 43, when it says, thus the man became exceedingly prosperous. When it says the man, put your name in there. Thus, John Smith, or whatever your name is. Thus, John Doe, or, or thus, you know, Susie Favor. Thus, the man became, put your name in there, personalize it. In other words, thus says the Lord, I have become exceedingly prosperous. I, put your name in there, personalize it, have become exceedingly prosperous. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I, I don't know if I can, I, I don't know if I should say something like that. That's uh, just an old religious spirit. Go ahead and say it. Go ahead and say it. Could also, that also be, could be tangled up with a poverty spirit. Go ahead and say it. Watch what God can do in your life. Now, look, look, this is a man that was in debt for 14 years and couldn't get out of the debt pit. And God saw his situation. God saw that this is a covenant man. God saw that this is a tithing man. It's time for me to move in his life. Mm-mm. Now, remember, overriding story, primary story, 
character trumps everything. Remember that. The main thing that God wants in you is not for you to be rich, not for you to have a bunch of money. The main thing that God wants in you, and it's God's highest purpose, and He'll, over, he'll override everything else, even divine healing. He'll override everything for this cause. What's, what is that, Pastor Stephen? That's to get you into the image of His Son, Jesus. And He's more concerned with you having the image of Christ than you being a multimillionaire. He's more concerned with you being in the image of Christ even than you having health in your body. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes, all the other stuff is part of the covenant package, but, but, that's most important. That's, that's why he's, that's why he's taking his time with Jacob. That's why, truth be told, he has been taking his time with you. He wants you to be like Jesus. Maybe that's puzzled you a little bit. Maybe you've seen others pull ahead and you think, God, what's up with that? It's not like I'm not trying. God's like, I'm working on something in you that's more important. See, a lot of people don't even care about this. They don't care about, they just, give me money, who cares? As long as I'm a Christian and go to heaven, who cares how I live? No, no, you have a heart for God. You have a heart for God. God will add those other things to your life. That's so easy for God to do. But He wants you to have that transformation like He's working in Jacob, where Jacob goes from Jacob to Israel. Hmm. Prince. One who has prevailed with God. Mm, praise the Lord. That's your destiny. Now, let's get back to this. Let's not ignore this either. Verse 43, because finances are very important in the life of any child of God. Anybody who acts like it's not is living in a hole somewhere in the ground. If, if all you are is a person who's interested in your own self, and in the needs of your own family, and you care about nothing else, then maybe money is not important to you. But the moment you have a heart of love that looks beyond your own needs, the moment you're touched by the agape love of Christ, and remember agape is the selfless type of love, okay, where you put others first. The moment you have a heart of God for agape love, and you love people, and you want to see the lost saved, and you want to help orphans, and you want to, you want to make an impact for good, suddenly money becomes extremely important, because the way that you make those impacts is through a right walk with God, and through using provision in a holy way. So, put your name in there, personalize it, and believe God that just as He lifted up Jacob, He could also lift you up as well. Thus, the man became exceedingly prosperous, and had large flocks, look at this, female and male servants, and camels, and donkeys. Some of you need to stop pressure washing your house trying to clean everything all the time, trying to do all of this little bitty rinky-dink stuff. You need to hire somebody. You need to stay on task and do what you're really good at, not try to still run, every, run everything. you got to do everything. You know, if something breaks, I can fix it. No, you don't need to be fixing that. Call the plumber. You don't have time for that. You know, you got to stay on what you're called to do so that that prosperity anointing flows. Hallelujah. So what does he have? He has, he has servants, camels, camels. Camels, that's like saying he's got Mercedes Benzes, and, and uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's still the way of the day. If you go out into, uh, you know, if you see the Bedouin in the Middle East, if you want to cross the desert, you know, you can only fill up a 4x4 off-road vehicle with so much gas, and there's no gas stations out in the desert. 
You're still going to need the desert limousine, the desert Mercedes, or the desert Cadillac. What is that, Pastor Stephen? That's the camel. Hallelujah. And yes, they still ride them today, the Bedouins out there. Woo! Glory to God. Well, hold on just a moment. How is Jacob, I mean, I mean, if he's got servants, male and female servants, and he's got camels, and he's got donkeys, where's he getting all this money to buy now all of this accessories of life? Servants, I mean, butlers, to do all the lawn mowing and to do all the work. And, to, uh, and camels, how are you buying camels and doing all of this? What is he doing? Where's he getting all this money from? Oh, He's got so much premium livestock now, he's selling it. He's selling it. And he's making a fortune. And God's the one who's blessing him. So God obviously doesn't have any problem with prosperity. Mm -mm. Wow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, verse uh, 1 of chapter 31, let's roll into it. This shouldn't surprise us too much of the next verse. Now Jacob heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob has taken away all that was our father's. And from what was our father's, he has acquired all this wealth. And Jacob saw the countenance of Laban. And indeed, it was not favorable toward him as before. I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> Woo! Oh, Laban, that old con man loved it when he was just ripping him off. Laban, brother, uh, son, I love you. You're just like a son to me. I know you my son-in-law, but you're just like a son to me. But suddenly, that's all gone. Why? Why? Because he can't burn him and take advantage of him anymore. Now it's completely turned, and all the money is going into the pockets of Laban and Laban's sons. Laban's sons are like, hey, you know what? They're looking at what's going on with Jacob. What does that mean? That means their inheritance is going down. They can literally watch their inheritance get smaller every single week. It's getting smaller. It's like, it's like they had stock in a company, and their stock is going down, and the other stock of another company that they have no shares in is just skyrocketing. They're just like, not only is his going up, ours is going down, and they, they didn't like it. They didn't like it. And, uh, of course, because they are unsaved, they're ungodly, they have no covenant with God, what are they? Jealous and bitter. Jealous and bitter. Mm. Verse 3, God really begins to move in the life of Jacob. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. That is a direct commandment. It is not a suggestion. Go tell your ladies. Go tell your wives. Uh, hey, let's pack up. We're rolling out of here. I've heard from God. It's time to go. But, but, I want you to see something that Jacob lets out, that he shares, that suddenly will give you a great illumination of chapter 30, which we have just read. Suddenly, you're going to see the behind-the-scenes story of what Jacob knew that Laban had no clue of, and really Jacob's wives didn't even know. But Jacob knew. Now remember, when you hear something from God, Guard it. Be very, very careful. You steward a word from God like, oh, I don't even want to say like gold because it's worth more than gold. Because gold you can price. But this, this word from God can take you into unprecedented levels of breakthrough and prosperity and, and blessing. But I want you to know of all this, you know, 
speckled, spotted, mottled, black, brown. I want you to know what was going on with all of that from the side of the invisible spiritual realm. Because Jacob, when talking with Rachel and Leah, he let the cat out of the bag. Woo, praise God. This is just so good. Genesis 31, verse 10. Let, let, me, let me read verse 9 also. So God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. This whole thing was God. Jacob realized it. He's explaining it to Rachel and Leah. This is what he said to them. And it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted my eyes and saw in a dream. And behold, the rams which leaped upon the rocks were streaked, speckled, and gray spotted. Then the angel of God spoke to me in the dream, saying, Jacob. And I said, Here I am. And he said, Lift your eyes now and see. All the rams which leap on the flocks are streaked, speckled, and gray spotted, for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar. Oh, oh, oh. Remember, that's also where he said, I'm locking in as a tither. Woo! 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 Glory to God. God saw that vow. God reminds him of it. Working for Laban all those years, 14 years, but still on the little that he had, he still was a tither. And you know what? There can be times of testing. Absolutely. Because God will watch. Can I promote this person? And will the person hold steady? Or will the person go cuckoo and get back into their own selfish way of living? Or will they still honor me if I lift them up? So yes, there could be times of testing for that. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar, and where you made a vow to me. What was included in that vow? Tithing. I'm telling you, tithing secures your destiny. And if you're not a tither, you're toying. You're toying with the tailor-made, God-designed destiny, uniquely prepared for you. And if you're not a tither, you're telling God that that phenomenal crafted plan that he made for your life, it's not that important to you. Mm -mm. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed the pillar, and where you made a vow to me. He knows what that vow was about. Now arise, get out of this land, and return to the land of your family. Mm, wow. Okay, Pastor Stephen, so what was going on there? Okay, Jacob explained to Rachel and Leah, hey, you want to know how we came into all of this wealth. Let me explain to you what happened. I had a dream. And in the dream, the angel of God spoke to me and showed me a male that, that would be a ram, like the billy goat, and leaping on the others with speckled and spotted. And I, I saw it. I knew what God meant to do. And I, I saw with the sticks. And I did that. God showed me to do that. Again, remember, I told you this was not scientific selective method of animal breeding. This was supernatural. This was supernatural. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that won't really work if you try it. Exactly. It won't work unless God tells you to do it. If God tells you to do it, it'll work. If he doesn't tell you to do it, no, it won't work. Because God's word upholds natural law, and God's word, if he speaks it, also has permission to override natural law. That's called a miracle. So here, Jacob reveals that in a dream, please get ready for your dream encounter with the Lord. I've, I've, I've been getting your emails, especially for many of you that have been fasting. 
And you're like, Pastor Stephen, I'm dreaming again. Yes, I have no doubt that you are. Now, when you have the dream, get up out of the bed. That could have been the dream. That was like the Jacob experience where he, he saw the speckled, the spotted, and then implemented that. Okay, take these things serious. Oh, Pastor Stephen, it was just a dream. Yeah, and so was the dream of the angel Gabriel speaking to Joseph, telling Joseph to get Mary and baby Jesus out of the area because the child's life is in danger. Yeah, that was just a dream, and you better believe it was real. And it was here in this situation, too. It was a dream, and it was 100% accurate. Would have been no different if God sent a prophet down to tell it to him. Would have been no different if God, in the form of a theophany, came down and stood in front of him and said, Hey, I want you to uh, get these poles and put these poles down. And, uh, you know, you do this, you're going to start having these animals that'll be, you know, they'll start to produce in your favor. Would have been no different. God just decided through this message to deliver it through a dream. And I know that many of you are hearing from the Lord right now in dreams. And I'm trying to tell you today as a servant of God that God can give you one dream with one message that can make you so wealthy that the next thing you know, you are on a level of finances that, that are beyond anything you even dream possible. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thus the man became exceedingly prosperous. How? How? Through a dream that God gave him. And in the dream, the angel of the Lord told him what to do. And all you have to do is when you get that, is implement it, and it will work. If Jesus tells you, yeah, come on, out, come on out of the boat and meet me out on the water, you can walk on the water. As long as you believe it and do it, yeah, it'll work. Now, if you doubt it, you'll start to go under. But Jacob believed it. He knew that was from God. Thought it was maybe kind of crazy. Knew in the natural, hey, this wouldn't really work. Some people say, that's just a bunch of folk medicine. It is if you do it in your own strength, then it won't work. It looks stupid. Uh, but if God says to do it, it will work for you. Now, technically, what, what this is, is what the Apostle Paul called the word of wisdom. This is one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. By the way, out of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit... The one that's mentioned first is what? The word of wisdom. Why is it mentioned first? Because it's the best gift out of all of them. It is the one gift that overnight can make you a multimillionaire. It is the one gift that if you get one word from God, one instruction. Remember, that's what wisdom is. Wisdom will always have an instruction in it. And if you obey that instruction and you take it and you do it, it will work every single time when it comes from God. Woo! Big key. Can I give you a big key? You may even want to write this one down. You cannot take someone else's word of wisdom that worked for him, like with Jacob, okay, poplar sticks, and, and you know, the chestnut, and the, and the almond sticks, and go out there and do, th think, you can't take that word and think you're going to go do that and, and build, you know, you're going to be the next cattle baron. It's not going to work for you. You cannot take somebody else's word of wisdom that God spoke to them and say, I'll claim it too. No, you can't do that. God sp spoke that to that person. And that's why it worked for that person. And if you tried to do it, it's not going to work for you. Let me give you an example. We're in tax season right now. And some of you are going to get a refund from the state, from the government. That's good. There may be others, perhaps, that you owe some, some money to the government. That's okay. But let me ask you this. If you owe money to the government, are you actually... In order to pay that bill, that tax bill, you actually got to go out 
with a fishing pole with a hook on it at the end and with no bait on the hook, throw it into a lake somewhere and expect to pull up a fish with enough money in its mouth to go pay your tax bill. There's not one person on the planet today that's going to do that. There's over 7 billion people on the planet and probably 4 billion people will have to pay taxes this year, but there will not be one person who does that. Why? Everybody knows that won't work unless, unless God told you to do it. If God told you to do it, you better go fishing. God told you to bathe in the Jordan River seven times, even if you have a skin disease, and even if that's a muddy river, and you think, that's really not a good place if you have skin infections, all that dirt and debris. Ah, who cares? God said it, you better start bathing. Hallelujah. Okay, what are all those examples? Words of wisdom. If you get a word from wisdom of God, it'll work. Now, Prophet Kenneth Copeland said this many years back, heavyweight statement that's still true today. One word from God can change your life forever. That's all it takes. But this is what I'm trying to tell you today. That word can come through a dream. And you could have a dream, and in that dream, God shows you something, or you see a vision. I mean, he, he saw like a ram, you know, a billy goat jumping around. <laughs> and, and as it jumps on the others, they, they turn spotted and speckled and all of that. And he understood it. He understood it. God can give you one dream, and in that dream, you can get one idea from God. And if you go and implement it, it will work. But anything that's from God will work, okay? But my friends, this, this is supernatural. This is, this is miraculous. And I'm so glad that Jacob explained it to his wives, Leah and Rachel. I'm so glad that this was recorded in the Scripture so that we could know what was going on with all of that Maybe we could call it even bizarre stuff that he was doing. Now, we know it's not bizarre because God told him to do it. But if you're just in the natural, you're going to look at that and think, that's crazy. And this is the kind of stuff that God does. Like when he told Isaac, Jacob's father, when he told Isaac, when Isaac was in the midst of a famine, and the land was dry and barren, and the ground is cracked, and the sun's beating down, and it's not raining, and it's not going to rain, and Isaac goes out there and starts sowing seed. Well, you would have to think that the Philistines, who were his neighbors, probably thought, this guy's a total nut. What is he doing? In other words, this is not scientific. This makes no scientific sense. This doesn't even make good farming sense. But what happened with Isaac? He reaped 100-fold that year. Why? God showed him to do it. God told him to do it. God said, no, don't go to Egypt. Stay right here. And he did what God told him to do. If you get one word of wisdom from God, you're off to the races. Woo! And your whole scenario will turn. The next thing you know, you'll be riding on a camel. Woo! Woo! Hallelujah! Pastor Stephen, I'm going to buy you a camel. Uh, I, I don't know if I really want a camel. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! But you need to honor the Lord when, the God, when God blesses you. But hallelujah, my friends, be open. I mean, he was buying camels. He bought a camel for, for Leah, bought a camel for Rachel, bought a camel for all the, all the boys, all the kids, loaded everybody up on camels when they hit it out. They weren't walking. They were riding camels. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pastor Stephen, I'm just praying and praying and asking God for a car. Don't ask God for a car. Ask, ask God for an idea. Ask God for a word of wisdom. I mean, even the Apostle Paul said desire, with a burning desire, that you would operate in the spiritual gifts. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. These things are very, very important. Lord, we give you praise today. Hallelujah. Let me show you something very interesting before I pray for you today. Some things in the Bible 
you look at and you think that's just an incredible statement. And then you see it also in real life and you just think it's amazing, Lord. It is absolutely amazing how some of these things are. Look at this with me. Same chapter, Genesis 31. Look what God does for Laban. Now watch this. But God had come to Laban the Syrian in a dream by night. Now remember, he's Laban the Syrian. He's not an Israelite. He's outside of the covenant promises with God. He's a total sinner. He worships idols. I mean, we actually find out, unfortunately, later that after, you know, during the escape process, I wouldn't call it escape, but they did kind of like leave in a flight type situation with Jacob and his family. Uh, well, we found out later that Rachel stole Laban, her father's idols. Uh, that tells us Rachel had a little bit of, she had some things to work out in her life too. But nevertheless, we know that Laban, uh, he did not worship the true God. But look at this. But God had come to Laban the Syrian in the dream by night and said to him, Be careful that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. God can speak to sinners if he so chooses. Oh, raw sinners, nasty sinners. Yep, God can speak to them if he wants to if he wants to. Even in verse 29, when Laban catches up with Jacob, Laban said, it is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night saying, be careful that you speak to Jacob, neither good nor bad. Now you would read that and you would think that after Laban, a total sinner has a dream, has a valid, genuine God encounter that he might be like, Hey, uh, God, who are you? I, I've heard about you through this guy, Jacob, who served me. And you know what? You've really blessed him. I, I'd like to know you. But Laban has no interest in the true God. Isn't that amazing? Not one bit of interest in him at all. Mm. It is absolutely just so sad, so sad to see some of these things. That even later when Jacob or Laban are talking, almost like quarreling, basically, Laban still in his stubborn self says, those are still my daughters, and all of this livestock that you're leaving with, it's still all mine. I mean, you just can't convince the guy. He's a total, he's a total kook in many ways. And he's just a lost person that didn't want anything to do with the true and living God. And you think, how sad that God gave the man a dream and even communicated to him in the dream, and Laban has no interest still. That doesn't, like, doesn't even say, like, hey, who are you, or thank you for talking to me, or wow, you're really real? I, I, I've heard a lot about you, but wow, none of that, just no interest at all. Just all he wants is stuff, just thinking about how we can rip somebody off or cheat somebody or steal from some, somebody. And it's true, like it says in Proverbs, so you take a fool and place him in a mortar and grind him with the pestle. You still just can't grind the foolishness out of him. He's just a fool. And there are some people that are like that. They will go to their grave. They will perish in their sins, be lost and separated from God for all eternity because they just didn't want anything to do with God. And I would call it the mystery of lawlessness. And we're told not to look into the mystery of lawlessness uh, because it's just a downward spiral. But you just think, how sad. Now, we're very much encouraged to look into the mystery of godliness. Ooh, it's so wonderful. It's so beautiful. Praise God. So those like Laban, if they want to perish, let them go ahead. You do the best you can, and uh, they, will, they will get what they deserve. Praise the Lord. But my friends, I believe it's dream season. I believe God would like to speak to you and share something with you 
where you can have a testimony like verse 43. Thus the man became exceedingly prosperous. Okay. Well, you can put your name in there. Thus the woman, you know, Mary Jo became exceedingly prosperous. You know, put your name in there. Thus, you know, the teenager, so-and-so became exceedingly prosperous. Woo! All it takes is one, one dream, one word, one message from God, and he's still talking today. Mm, 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 mm. Praise God. Praise God. Get close to God. Nudge up real close to God. Let God speak to you. Pastor Stephen, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I don't know if God would talk to me. Neither was Jacob. <laughs> I mean, he still had things God was really working with him on. I mean, lying, he would just sometimes just come out and tell just bold, blatant lies because of, you know, fear of man, spirit of fear, whatever. God's still working on him. God's not justifying those things, but he realized, hey, uh, this, this is not an overnight project. You know, I, I'm going to work on this guy and help get this guy get him to where I want him to be because he has a phenomenal destiny. His name's going to be changed to Israel. I mean, what a, what a destiny. Glory to God. And there's a lot riding on those promises. So, my friends, get close to God. We're in a season where the glory is going to be poured out, and you're going to see it in the most beautiful ways financially. It's going to be holy finances. It's going to be heavy finances, and it's going to flow like rivers of warm, rich oil straight from heaven. The, 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 the wealth of the Gentiles, the wealth of the nations is going to flow. There's going to be a shifting, a shaking. It's going to begin to move into the possession of God's holy covenant tithing faithful people praise God if you want to be a candidate for that and you would like for the Lord to speak to you through a dream lift your hands right now Heavenly Father I really sense your anointing today and your presence on this program and I'm asking Father that you would speak to your people and Father perhaps there are quite a few that are watching that maybe they're not in a deep hole of debt maybe they're like Laban where they've climbed up out of it quite a bit but they're just not at the place of their prosperity and they're certainly not at the place where he ended up being at in verse 43 so father I pray that you would give them a dream that you would give them the wisdom of knowing this is highly restrictive information this is proprietary knowledge out of the throne room of heaven and Father, they might not even be able to share it with anybody, maybe just one person at the most, for years. And so, Father, we know that it appears that this period of great increase was a six-year span, where all of this livestock explosion went on for about six years, before he could even tell his wives. So, Father, I just thank you. Let this proprietary knowledge from heaven, this word of wisdom, be guarded be guarded with the life of your people. Now, thank you, Father, for wise implementation of it. We thank you for wisdom surrounding it. Thank you. Ladies, get ready. I get a great quickening in my spirit that some, some of you ladies, you're going to get hit with such a clear dream from God, such a clear revelation, such a, a clear word from God spoken out from heaven that... Uh, you might even, uh, you know, if it happens when you're awake, you might even turn around to say, who said that? But it'll have come from the heavenly realm, okay? It could come through a dream. It could come from a, a, a visionary experience, but it's coming. Men, be encouraged as well. Young people, be, re be ready as well. If you're willing, 
If you're willing, God can bless you too. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, let it be done in the name of Jesus. Shout, Amen. And Amen. Woo, praise the Lord. Let's take communion and seal this word that the enemy would never steal it from your heart, but that this word will come to pass in your life. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'll tell you this, Mr. Laban, maybe he didn't want anything to do with God, but there's millions who do. And there's going to be a revival of such strength and power. Um, so you have to remember, in, in revivals and in moves of the Spirit, um, it's very easy to catch fish. And it, it's, regardless of the revival, you know, Jesus movement, revival, Welsh revival, or it, it, it's, when that revival is rolling, fish are almost, they, they almost jump into the boat. And um, it's just very easy to get people saved when the move of God is going. But my friends, let the Lord position you to be on the forefront so we can pull some huge, huge dragnets. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Praise God. Father, we thank you. I want to I ask first, if there's anybody watching today, you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're on dangerous ground. You're separated from God, just like Laban, because of your sins. You may not be a con man. You may not be a cheat or a deceiver. But nevertheless, sin stains your life and separates you from God. The bridge between lost mankind and God is the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is no other way to God except through Him. So if you would like to receive forgiveness of your sins and eternal life in Christ, please right now pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I come before you as a sinner. Jesus, I give my heart to you. Save me now. Wash my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. I receive you now into my heart as my Lord, my Savior, my King, and my God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Give God a big shout of praise. Say amen. Hallelujah. Because God has saved your soul. Amen. Let us all take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. We take unleavened bread because leaven in the Bible is a symbol of sin. That's why we take unleavened bread for the, our communion and grab some grape juice. Praise God. Let's pray over it. Father, we bless our communion. We consecrate it. In other words, we set it apart as holy. Father, this is now the flesh and the blood of our Lord and Savior. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for the covenant of salvation through Christ. Father, we thank you for his body. His word. And today, as we receive his body, we thank you that just as Jacob became exceedingly prosperous, Father, you have a plan for our prosperity as well. We thank you for dreams and supernatural messages being sent from on high that we can hear and obey and then see the amazing results. Father, we believe it. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let us receive his body. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for forgiveness of sins. Thank you for the beautiful story of how you worked 
and the life of Jacob, helping him to face his shortcomings, his sins, by seeing them in another man who was behaving just like he was. Father, we thank you for the transformation into the image of Jesus. Not always easy, not always pleasurable, but Father, so necessary and so required by you. Thank you, Father. So we yield to the work of your Spirit. We yield to the mirror image of your Word. We yield to the process of you making us into the mature image of Christ, your Son. We thank you for it, so that we can be good stewards of all that you put in our hands. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus washing away all of our sins, all of our shortcomings. We thank you that our sins and our iniquities, you remember no more. We thank you for forgiveness. We confess them. We thank you for full forgiveness, and that you also forget them according to your word, as you promised us in the book of Hebrews, and also in 1 John 1, 9. Father, we thank you we receive the cleansing blood of Jesus now with great thanksgiving and praise. Amen. Let us receive. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Again, when you get a word from God through a dream or whatever, write it down, guard it, protect it, implement it, go to work on it. It's foolproof when it's from God, just like it was for Jacob, just like any other word of wisdom in the Bible, when put the, put the use, it produced every single time. It's perfect. It's the word of God. My friends, till next time, stay blessed. Be looking for the dream. When you have a dream and you get up and you're like, oh, I'll just go back to sleep. I'll remember it later. Don't do that. Get up. That could have been the one. Get up. Go sit down. Have a notepad always by the side of your bed or where, where you sit at. Praise God. And write it down. Look, look, after the dream, after you write it down, then you can go back to bed. Okay? But get up. Write it down. Wow. It's going to be very exciting. Father, bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen. See you next time. Bye-bye.